coming out of your coma and guess what i'll split your fucking head open again because i'm fucking stupid i don't give a fuck about jail that's my business that's what i do and we know what you do don't we charlie you fuck people out of money and get away with it you hey you fat irish prick you put my fucking money to sleep you go get my money or i'll put your fucking brain to sleep now it's time to play <laughs> Last Men on Earth. My name is Lex Jurgen. As always, I'm flanked by Matt Ralston. Matt confided me that he must soon leave the country as Trump is going to deport the Dreamers. I inform Matt that Dreamers refers to children brought to the U.S. illegally by their parents, not men who dream of drowning in Ryan Gosling's cock and balls. <laughs> I tell you, it's always a sight to see a tall man cry. I want to be, uh, by the way, I want to be the dream. Why am I not called a dreamer? What is it? You're, why, how do they get the dreamers nickname? I don't mind that they're here. Actually, they can stay for all I care. But Dreamer seems a very elegant nickname for... for it seems kind of romantic. Yes. You know? It seems like... Like, I don't know. Do you know any of these people? Do they, Are they very dreamy? Are they have big imaginations? Are they painting? I like think a- that they are probably more motivated than your average, uh, you know, natural-born citizen just because, you know, the circumstances. It would suck, I would think, to be, like, 25 and have been here for, like, 15 years and then find out you have to go back to... It's not like you go back to Switzerland. You have, right. to go back to, you have to go back to Mexico. Well, that's what I was wondering. Like, we all think of Mexicans and, and uh, you know, Central Americans, obviously, but there's got to be some, like, shady, like, Iranians yes. that are dreamers, right? If, well, of course, the, the press is trying to find any non-Mexicans they can find for this. I, I'm guessing out of the 800,000, it's 799,000 Mexicans. Yeah. But they found, like, an Asian family from Taiwan or something like that, and the kid's going to Harvard or whatever it is. They always have to find the... I'm sure any kid with a crime record is going back anyhow. So these kids aren't committing crimes, but it is almost entirely Mexican population. But if you're like 25 and you have no real closeness connection with your home country because you came here so young, I'd imagine being deported back to Mexico when you actually have a job here and maybe went to college would really suck. It's pretty pathetic that they chose these people to pick on uh, just for what I assume is a you know political statement it's it's kind of fucked up uh yeah it is although i got again i've not met any dreamers i just think that name is really like that name is really cool it sounds much better than illegal immigrants. well it's very non-threatening <laughs> yes it's not like uh you know the, the smugglers or something no exactly this week's show is sponsored by the lame attempts to make ronda rousey pretend she's in the midst of a grudge match with wwe diva wrestlers <laughs> matt i don't know if you saw did you see the ronda rousey video <laughs> She's doing pro wrestling? Well, she, you know, WWE has to set up like a grudge between her and somebody else. So they set up this weird thing where she's like with two MMA fighters like watching one of her, her friends fight in a female MMA match. Uh-huh. And then they're approached by three WWE female wrestlers. 
This is like one of those fake vignettes yes, that yes, they do? Yes. Okay. But it looks real. They're interviewing like, and then these three girls saunter up in heels, like girls with big breasts and like leotards Is and one heels. of them Paige? Because her sex tape that she released herself is fantastic. Uh, I don't think, it, I, I don't know their names. They all kind of look alike. They're bleach blonde with big breasts and, and they're in heels and they have big muscles. And they like saunter up to her, like mid, interrupt her interview. And then she, Ronda Rousey, who has not had enough acting lessons yet to even be WWE level acting, <laughs> she goes, name the time and the place. Uh, and you're supposed to, oh, and then wow. they walk away. And you know, here's what I don't understand about these promos. Anybody above the age of five understands how fake, how, how fake it is and how, how stupidly set up it is. Yeah. Except for like, I don't do wrestling fans, pro wrestling fans just not understand that it's fake or know that it's fake. I and think don't care. that they think that they're in on it. Like they know it's fake, and they they get into the nuance of like the production. Like in their minds, they're sort of like Vince McMahon's number one guy. Okay, so they're like they're part of it, and they think everyone else just falls for it because it's like it's so idiotic that they start. You know, Ronda Rousey's obviously going to start rest, professional wrestling now because there's big money in it. You don't have to get really hurt like you do in the MMA. Yeah. But like, can't they just say she's going to wrestle? Do they have to do like the you said something about my fingernail polish and now I got a grudge against you and I'm going to beat your ass because you have a mongoloid face? Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> How's she looking in the in the midsection area? Uh, well, the thing is, she's actually very small for a WWE wrestler. See, most of the girls, they're all in the heel, but most of the girls seem pretty big. Those wrestler girls seem pretty big, and she's actually what like five six, like 140, 130, 140. So she's actually pretty tiny for a wrestler. You can't tell those MMA people. When I saw Conor McGregor, he looked like a little hobbit. Oh, yeah, he's they're tiny. Just little, ti- they're little tiny people. But is, is the MMA, I mean, obviously she's probably as good, if not better, athlete than most of them. But does the MMA stuff translate to showy wrestling moves at all? Well, you have the entrance, the big song. I don't know what the fuck they do. I haven't watched pro wrestling in a while. I, mean, I feel like they do a lot of flips and they do, jumping yeah. around. Well, she's a judo. She was a Olympic judo person, whatever. She's a She's definitely athletic. It's interesting that you said her acting is shitty even compared to pro yes. wrestling standards yeah. because remember um, when she was inexplicably really popular yeah. and uh, she was supposed to star in the Roadhouse remake? I'm assuming that uh, went the way of the dodo. I think people just started looking at what her face actually looks like. <laughs> She's definitely missing a gene of some, of some kind. Oh, it's, when she was like supposed to be the hot chick on the yeah. block. I was S- like, in SI? I'm not, you can shove this down our throats all you want. No one's fucking buying it. No, no one's beating off to Ronda Rousey. No. She got married, though, last week, a couple weeks ago to Travis, whatever his name was, the other wrestler. But, he, you know, you know I, can, I can see why, I mean, MMA fighter, but I can see why those guys want to marry girls like that because it just, it's, an industry, it's an industry thing. you got to marry in the industry. But, yeah, no, she was, never, she was never an attractive woman. She was always a woman who, if she got drunk, you knew would fucking kick your ass, would kick your ass or take a punch and not care. Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. I wouldn't fuck with There's her. something about a girl who can take a punch in the face and not care <laughs> <laughs> that you, don't, you don't definitely don't want to date. Although, at that point, if you're dating a chick that, you know, submits people and punches people in the face for a living, I mean, I feel like if she hits you, you can, you can punch her in the face if she hits you first. Uh, Matt, uh, this is a great entree to our 100th anniversary show because <laughs> for 100 shows, you've been talking about punching women, <laughs> punching, punching women in the face. <laughs> I don't know. That's a question we've had many times, uh, whether or not if a woman hits you, you can hit her back. And you still can't. You know, I, tell my, I tell my boys that no matter what a girl does to you, you cannot hit her back. And it's not for legal reasons like the Oklahoma football player. It's more just for appearance reasons because yeah. they're just going to cut the clip where you punched a woman in the face. And yeah, forevermore, you you're going to be the guy who punched the woman. The Are there face. any women uh, MMA with the fucked up, disgusting cauliflower ears? 
no, not they so don't much. get that that not, heavy into it. No, not so much. I think a lot of those guys get that in from boxing. What the years when they were boxing. Because the cauliflower is more from the boxing. I thought it was from wrestling when you rub your and wrestling too, head yeah. around on yeah. the mat. No, I haven't seen the girls, but they always have they have ugly Because I'm not afraid of you until your ears are all fucked up, in it, which case I will literally kiss your ass. There's a line women cross when they're willing to take a punch to the nose and break their nose. <laughs> if a woman doesn't care if her nose is broken or her jaw is broken, she's not an attractive woman. That's just, she's not expecting to make money, money off her looks. I mean, it's just hard to go. If you wish to contact the show, hit us up on Twitter, Last Man Podcast, or on Facebook, also Last Man Podcast. I know to the show. It's our 100th anniversary show, Matt. I looked up the anniversary. It is either the Platinum anniversary or the 10-carat diamond anniversary. Hmm. I just want to let you know I didn't get you, I didn't get, I didn't get you either of those. You got a fucking veggie pizza. Yeah, you got a, it's, a, it's a veggie pizza. Uh, somebody said that you can't have a 100th anniversary because people don't live that long, which is actually true. It's actually true. But it's also for the Queen. I recently had the 100th anniversary. It was a Jubilee anniversary, I, I understand. For something in England, whatever mm-hmm. the fuck that was. So I didn't get you Jubilees. I don't even know what the fuck that is. Uh, or, or I don't. Know. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> or, or platinum. What's or, a Jubilee? I, it's just. I think it just means celebration, doesn't it? Some kind of big like Jubilee. I think is like when the Roman, uh, like Caesar, would go down the uh, the big boulevards. They throw like flowers at him. It was like the Jubilee celebration. You know what's pissing me off with the royal family? is uh, these people make these salaries and live this posh lifestyle, which is like this antiquated thing when they used to just, like, oppress the shit out of everyone. Yes. And they still do stand for that to a degree. Can we stop patting them on the back when they give money to charity? Other people's money? Yeah, when they fucking show up somewhere. Yeah, give the public's money to fucking charity, by the way. Well, they do a lot. I mean, I'll say that, well, first of all, let's, let's face facts. The people in England love the fuck out of those people. So they're not like there oppressively. Like they they poll about 85 percent every time. People well, not ask. anymore, but a hundred years ago they were like uh, <laughs> figuring out how to ration your oh, it was, food. It was away. by fiat, yeah. But nowadays, every, every time they do a poll, I, I always these are abuse. the relatives of those people. They do this uh, every time they do the funding because they have to fund them every year or whatever their, their three billion dollar budget or whatever. And every year they do a poll in England to see, do you want to keep this going? And everybody goes, "Fuck yeah, we love the royals." And like that that's got to be just old, like the old. No, uh, young people love the waspy. You know, people just love people love Princess Diana. How many gay men love Princess Diana? Yeah, which I've never understood. <laughs> no, but she was. So like, you're telling me, like, if you're like a, a West Indian or or an East Indian, or uh, those are probably the 15 percent who vote against any of the number of uh, countries that were colonized by these people. E- even the Irish and and the Scots really. I don't know what the hell they're thinking if they're if they want to uh, think about this. But Princess Diana was like the Lady Gaga of England. Among, like, young girls and gay men, she was, like, the number one icon in England for, like, 15 years. She was, like, belo- like beloved like nobody's beloved. And that's, I mean, that people love the royals over there. We don't get it over here, but we have the Kardashians. I don't get it at all. Gross. She never did anything. She was... No, but they just, they like, they, it's, their, it's their celebrity, it's their celebrity saga. Like, we have the fucking Kardashians, or we had the Kennedys before that. People like royal ad- adulation. They love the idolatry of it all. I don't know. People... Secret, deep down, secretly, people love people that are conspicuously rich and consume right, and right. wear fancy things and all that kind of shit. So, yeah, we have it in the U.S. just as much as they do. We just call it by different names. So, I don't mind the royals so much because their people keep wanting to vote them in, and, and they do a lot of they do do a lot of good charity work. I know you hate that, but they do spend about ninety percent of their time raising money for charities. So, it's not if they were out like driving the Ferraris drunk at night and crashing shit and like burning down villages and raping women. That'd be really annoying. 
But they see them mostly do just do charity work and show up for public appearances at hospitals. So, I don't know. Uh, Is it much different than Trump? Is it really that much different than Trump and Melania? Not really, but at least Trump was reasonably fairly elected. I mean, these, these he guys... Was, he, wasn't, he wasn't 85% popular like the, like the <laughs> royal family in England were. So, I don't, you know, it's just they don't, they don't have any royal... They don't have any power in England. People love them. I say, I say keep the fucking royals, dude. We're going to talk about Kate Middleton's breasts later on. But first I want to sing about Tony Basil. I know you... Or is it Basil? Tony Basil? You love the 80s, Matt? Uh, those were your form- those were your formative uh, uh, early childhood masturbation years. Well, there was some good <laughs> there was some good music in the eighties. Not not the stuff that they might play on like the eighties state. Like this Tony Basil Hey Mickey song is garbage, but it's not like people stop making good music in any given decade, right? No, there was good music in every decade. It wasn't always the popular music, right? Like the yeah, it wasn't like music, were- it wasn't like talented musicians stopped working for a decade, right? They but still, the stuff that was celebrated was often really why, terrible. Uh, why don't you go ahead and name a couple so I can mock you for your, your taste in music? Well, I think R.E.M. was uh, in okay, the late I hate, 80s. I hate them, yeah. Talking Heads. They were talented, talented. Springsteen was gone in the 80s. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff, although his, not his best music, but yes, I agree with that. Uh, who's a really good, like, 80s, 80s band? Uh, yeah, were, there, I, I think NXS is... I was a police fan, I'll say. I like the police. Yeah, the police. In the 80s, stuff they did in the 80s. There was, there was some good music, although there was a lot of... There was a big sweep of, like... British new wave music into popular music. Yeah. That kind of ruined a lot of shit. And then hair metal, hair metal, glam rock, whatever the fuck it came along. And then everything was like White Snake and Poison and right. <laughs> Warrant. That was when it got really bad. That's yeah. when it got really bad, you know. You know it was bad when you were rooting for Guns N' Roses to, to win everything. <laughs> so, But uh, the early 80s was marked by MTV, the rise of the music videos. That's when songs started becoming popular just by the music videos. Yeah. And that's when, uh, you know, the first song was what, Video Killed the Radio Star? And it was like Tony Basil doing that fucking cheerleader outfit to a song, Hey Mickey, that got 80 million, you know, whatever views at the time on cable and became a huge hit, even though it was obviously a shitty song. Uh, so Tony Basil now cut to, she's 60 years old. She was a one-hit wonder. I think people, what people don't understand about entertainers, other than like, you know, the Clooney's of the world, that represents about 1% of, of entertainers in the world. The other 99% are just generally broke, either from drugs or divorce or not working for long periods of time. Yeah. But most people don't understand is that all the people they used to love who were super famous at one time, just like athletes, are now just dead broke and, and like living in, living in a crappy place, like trying to sell memorabilia for five bucks online. That's the vast majority of people you ever loved in entertainment are now in their mid-whatever, mid 50s and 60s, dead, dead-ass broke. Yeah. For some reason, it depresses me the most when it's a pro wrestler, like the uh, all bro, all like bro. the Iron Sheik. I, I just picture living in like a studio in Van Nuys. Yes. I'm just like, why is that so sad? And not me? even alone, he has to share it with other ex pro wrestlers <laughs> and his like son in law, like what a divorced son in law. No, they're just a people don't get paid nearly as much. People outside of the A list celebrities, people don't get paid very much for for the work that they do. I mean, the studios, everybody, the owners of content, well try to rip off everybody they can and that's everybody but A-list stars they have to have mm-hmm. they can market against even it was funny I was reading about the Robin Williams Robin Williams so he, he did Aladdin the voice of Aladdin for Disney and basically sold that movie as far as I can tell he was the star of that movie de facto in marketing you mean like they sold it based on him based on him and the funny genie right the funny genie voice and then by the way they also used, against his wishes handshake, they did a handshake deal they wouldn't use it in promotions for like Burger King and everything else <laughs> they still used it anyhow <laughs> That movie ended up grossing God knows billions of dollars in, in proceeds. He got paid seventy five grand for that. Really? Yeah. He took seventy five grand because they approached him 
as saying, like, don't you want to be, for your kids, don't you want to be this, if we're doing this cool animation, don't you want to be a voice, an iconic voice in this animation? He took basically what was scale at the time, 75 grand, to voice one of the major characters in the show, and he never got paid a cent after that. But how, in, in the contract, unless they changed it, I mean, you have to get residuals if you're... Not for voice for, actors. It's totally separate. He didn't get anything after that. And then he refused to work with Disney ever again. Huh. So how about that? No, he didn't care about the money so much because he was already wealthy, but he cared that they used him in, in, in the commercial promotions. And they kept putting his face on the box over when they did the re- redos of the video, the DVD. His face was the biggest, he was the biggest character in all the boxes. And he had a, a lookalike face to Robin Williams. So it was actually kind of a Robin Williams. That's genie. right. They made the cartoon look yes. like him. So, I mean, you know, he's an example. Now, he obviously this is the made... same guy that would steal other comedians' jokes. So I don't, yeah, you know, <laughs> I don't feel all that bad. No, but, but what people don't understand is like people do those voices or people who do like you see in TV shows all the time. They have to keep working. They're not making a shitload of money. Network TV people get good residuals, but ninety nine percent of people you once loved from your favorite songs or TV shows are now 65 and just broke, broke ass on, on Social Security, selling, trying to go to old memorabilia shows. Remember Mickey Rourke and the, and the Wrestler, the movie The Wrestler? Yes. That's exactly what they're like. You uh, know? Oh, that was so accurate yeah. and so they're, they're by so depressing because you just you knew that guy. Yeah, and he, well, he's like every ex-athlete because not only are they broke, but they have these hor- horrific injuries, chronic injuries and illnesses. Yeah. So it's, a, it's, it's, all, it's not as beautiful. So Tony Basil is one of those characters. She's broke. She's suing now because she claims that they're using uh, Hey Mickey, Viacom, Comedy Central. They talk about South Park, RuPaul's Drag Race. They're all using the Hey Mickey in some sort of satirical way. Which, to be clear, she doesn't own the rights to. It no, anymore. she's suing for, for... So she can't sue for copyright because she clearly doesn't own the song. It was actually... That song was actually a remake of a, a, a song they did perform uh, three years earlier by a British band. Very fey British band in blouses. So okay. she didn't write it. She didn't write it. She didn't produce it. She didn't publish it. She just was a cheerleader, sort of semi-unattractive cheerleader in the in the, mo- in the thing. But God bless him. That video was like cra- when was crazy back in the early eighties. The lawsuit was so uh, full of hyperbole. It was yes. like I can't sleep at night. Yeah. I'm sweating. I have panic disorder. It's like well, maybe you're just mentally ill. I don't know because this doesn't seem all that distressing. A- apart from the, if you remove the money from it, it's like I, I would like you to really focus on what. <laughs> The effect is of someone airing a video that you did, what, 20, 30, 35 years 30 ago. years ago. 35 years ago. So she had to claim that she's suffering stress because she doesn't own the song, but she claims that it's so iconic to her as a person because of the video that every time they play it, she's sort of being emotionally raped again because it's like she's not, she's not longer part of it and they've taken a piece of her you know her, her, basically her personality, and reusing it over and over. This again. is very ultra progressive, gone awry type of shit, right? Like I she's, don't, I, th- I don't think I think it's just pure money desperation. But doesn't it play into like the current like cultural uh, zeitgeist of like I'm, uh, you know, I'm having all this emotional, like I've been triggered. She's saying she's triggered, basically. She's using the emotional. I think she's using the emo. I mean, every, when everyone sues, when they get in car crash, they sue for whiplash and emotional damage and shit like that. Yeah, you do that because you think. Here's what I think you do. You do it because you think there's going to be female jurors, and they're going to cry. I mean, when you're up there crying about your emotional trauma, how you can't sleep, and you're putting on weight, you can't fit into your clothes anymore because you're so shaken by this, uh, ra- you know, this raping of your, your you know, history. So this, is, this isn't going to work. Tony, if you're listening, we, no. all, we all know what you have to do. You have to uh, get a new cheerleader costume made. <laughs> no, no, no. I've or seen dust her. it off. I've seen her. You have to porn. go porn. to Vegas. You're going to say porn. You no. have to find uh, an off-strip casino. 
you have to get a night there. You have to you have to do the song. You have to sign autographs, charge for photos. Uh, you know, you basically have to live the life of. Uh, well, the worst part is, it's like remember the village people. You remember the village people. Of course, you remember the village people. You're, you're you are what you are. Uh, <laughs> but the village people. So they, they had a suit. The guy owned the guy, French guy who created the village people. French. He was a French uh, music promoter. Mm-hmm. He created the village people, and he hired cast guys to be the Indian and the cop and everything like that. And they did this. They became super ultra worldwide famous for like five years, and then he fired them all because they all wanted more money. And they wanted to go be the cop. They wanted to go be the cop or the police officer or like that. And he fucking ceased and desisted the shit out of them and said, "No, you can't be that. Those are my characters. Right? I don't care if you know as a cop with a gay mustache. You can't be cop anymore and sing my songs." And so he just rehired new guys to play those characters and put out more music. Right. Right. With Tony Basil, I bet, and when they do Vegas, like, throwback 80s shows, they just hire another chick to be Tony Basil and do her song yeah, in the costume. she could play herself in the Celebrity Impression show. But they don't need her. They just hire a younger, better-looking version of her to be in the cheerleading costume and be in the 80s review show. So she can't she, even get hired for she that. She could find work somehow. I thought you were going to say senior porn. I really thought you were going to say senior porn. It reminds porn. me of uh, <laughs> senior porn. It reminds me of, you know, Gallagher, the comedian? Yes. Have I told you the story already? Where they're selling out his the right to be Gallagher? Yeah, he his brother, not his twin, but looks exactly like him. He, like, licensed his act to his brother yeah. to tour. Like, he was uh, he was farming it out, uh, franchising himself. People don't understand that the content owners are not the performers. And the the people, the performers in in Hollywood and entertainment generally get shafted. I mean, you see all Jennifer Lawrence making sixty million, but that really is the exception to the rule. In general, performers are getting shafted. So, well, I mean, but there's still like no one's just going to give you money. So Pete Rose obviously is like I think he's the all time hits leader. Yes, he's a very notable guy, but he's hustling his ass off in Vegas because he's broke. Uh, you know, signing autographs for whatever it is, 20, 25 bucks a pop. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you brought him up because did you see the recent story on Pete Rose? Oh, he fucked a young girl or Underage something? girl back in the 70s. So uh, Fox or whatever, MLB Network or just hired him, just fired him. <laughs> <laughs> he was hilarious on that show because he looked drunk. Yes, and, well, he, uh, was, he was drunk. He, was, he always was leaning to the side in some way. I think he might be retarded, though, uh, which I, I discovered when watching a documentary about him uh, in Vegas. So he's, he lives uh, in the Caesars building or a yeah. condo nearby, and he was going, you know, I have a great life. Um, you know, I, I don't make much money, but I make enough money that anytime I want, I can go down to Subway, the Subway sandwich uh, yeah. place, and get a salad. And, like, when you're in Caesars, which is where he signs those buildings, there are so many great uh, restaurant options. But he doesn't care. But, but he's, a, he's a man of the... He's a very blue-collar guy. If you get a salad from Subway, you're, you're a fucking moron. Well, that's lame. I think he's, I think he's probably lying. I don't, I've looked at his body. He's not eating a lot of salads. <laughs> he actually owned a restaurant down here on uh, Ventura Boulevard. We're in Studio City. Uh, he owned one of these restaurants down here. And uh, so I think he's the kind of guy in Vegas who gets comped a lot. I think gets comped a lot for shit because he's Pete Rose. Yeah. And also, he's a very, very big gambler. So... <laughs> Yeah, uh, I used to listen to his. He used to have a radio show in Vegas uh, a long time ago after he got left kicked out of the MLB, where he just talked about gambling. He was doing a gambling show. It was actually great. I mean, sports gambling show. It I was would listen really to that. He probably yeah. knows a lot of shit. He knew a lot of shit. Although I guess he wasn't that great at gambling because he doesn't seem to be, have a lot of money. But uh, anyhow, Tony Basil. Uh, I'm sorry. One hit. One, if you're a one hit wonder and you don't own that hit, I guess if you have to watch for the next 35 years as people reuse like the one achievement you had in your life over and over again, and you get nothing out of it, I can see how that would be. Depressed, at least very depressed. At least very depressing. I mean, she still has a name. You could always, I don't know, 
write uh, some songs or you know produce some sort of new content. I, I suppose that's. Always... I don't see why she can't have a Netflix show. I feel like everyone has a Netflix show. Why can't she have one of those? Uh, I actually like that song when she came out in the eighties. It was very very popular. I always wonder why they didn't get a hot chick to be the cheerleader. That always bothered me. It's the most obnoxious song. Thank you. Matt, let me ask you a subject you know a little bit more about than music, which is trannies. Uh, you just, you know, you live amongst the trannies. Uh, you're of the tranny people. You're like, if we had an Avatar movie, the movie where we had to go visit the tranny, tranny world, they would send you in as the Avatar to, to, to meet and discuss a, tr- a tr- peace treaty with the trannies. Why? Because, like... I could kind of relate to both sides. You can relate to both sides, and they would love you. They would love you. One of the trainers would fall in love with you. You'd have like sort of a virtual, virtual reality uh, love affair. I don't think I'd be a bad looking uh, tranny. I would be the evil uh, military general who was trying to destroy all the trannies. So, L'Oreal. So here's the thing. So trannies are like one one third of one percent of the population are transgendered. Uh, whether or not you believe in the in the biology and anatomy and the science behind transgenderism as a as a real thing, one third of one percent of, of the American population identifies as transgendered. So, so it's one in, one in 300. 300 people. Yes. However, about every one in two stories about fashion style and makeup <laughs> and everything else, or any really any story at all in the news has to do with trannies now. So there seems to be an over-representation of, of how important trannies are. And every, every LGBT rally and every issue is about trannies and tranny bathrooms and tranny models and tranny this, tranny that. There seems to be a massive over-representation of trannies in terms of our popular culture versus how many trannies there actually are. Yeah, if you just watch TV, you would think it was every other person. No, and in terms of people who actually have the surgical transgender surgery, I think it's a thousand a year in the entire country, mm-hmm. or less than a thousand a year in the entire country, and we have three hundred forty million people. So you're saying when I go over to a buddy's house to watch football, it's not just like him and like two trannies and a black guy? No, okay. there's very there's a lot of cross dressers. I'm sure where you live, you know a lot of cross dressers, and they may identify as transgender. But in terms of people who actually modified their body. It's a very, very small percentage of the population. It's actually a very difficult surgery to get. It's very expensive. You have to go through all the psychological stuff. Yeah, it's becoming like kind of overrepresented. I went. I just went to the doctor because I have. A, I just have a, a little bit of a pimple, like a couple of acne. Uh, so I, I wanted to get some medicine, and uh, I go in. Did he offer to take your penis off? <laughs> yeah, well, because I, I accidentally switched my uh, primary care. So now I was going to the LGBT. Uh, doctor yeah and they're like so how much aids do you have and i'm like none and they're like so you, you, you're planning to get aids later or what and i'm like no i just don't have it and they're like well we should test you i'm like no get your needle i, I don't have i have a pimple is that okay is it all right if i don't have aids um but oh, you fear you're one of the guys who fears the test do you fear the test uh yeah well no i fear needles i fear needles that are, are surrounded by people with aids uh that's a good, that's a good point that's uh, a good point no i haven't done anything to get uh aids but Anyway, I was going to take a picture, but on the uh, information sheet, you know, it's like, uh, you know, what's your name? Uh, are you transgendered? I said no. Uh, and it said, do you want to be referred to as he, she, or Z, oh, yeah. Z, Zy, Zer? Yeah. So I checked the Z, Zy, Zer box. Did they refer to you as that? Fuck no. But what, what would a doctor refer to you as a pronoun anyhow when they met you? Well, I was trying to bait them into it. Yeah. You know? But why would they not refer to you as, as Matt when they're talking to you? Like, why would they call you he or Z? I guess if they're talking to a third person, maybe. Well, I think we've just eradicated that from the language because yes. no one wants to be busted, not with the Z. And by the way, like, is that like asking like a homely woman, like, uh, yes, sir? Oh, I mean, man, like, 
is Z and Zion's there? Are they real different when you break it down? I, I'm assuming oh, not. Uh, this reminds me of a recent story which has me pissed off. A first grader, this is in a Calif- Northern California school, was had to go to the principal's office because a girl, a boy in the class from kindergarten to first grade over the summer became a girl, started identifying as a girl. In the first grade. In the first grade. This is becoming much more common now. And uh, the, the friend of hers or his called him by the wrong, called him a boy, a he. Mm-hmm. And she was identifying as a she in first grade. And so the kid who did that had to go, this is a friend of, had to go to the principal's office and go to like a, have a warning, a warning that if they did it a second time, they would be suspended for a few days from school. Oh, fuck off. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you're gender fluid. It's like, sorry, what are you today? Can I say you? What? It's, that's fucking preposterous. It's all just, uh, you know, it's just a way of controlling uh, uh, what people can say. Well, or, my general point is that, for the, so like, you know, there, there are certain minority groups in this country that represents 5, 10, 15, even 20% of the population, which is a massive group of people who may be, who may be discriminated against or underrepresented. But if you're actually one-third of 1% of the population, you're just naturally going to be underrepresented because there just aren't many, many of you. And the fact that like there's so many issues around that small number of people is ama- it's pretty amazing. Uh, which leads me to L'Oreal, uh, one of my favorite makeup companies. <laughs> These are, by the way, no one, when did people stop caring about the fact they're killing all the animals in the testing labs? Do you remember that was a big thing? Yeah. I assume they're still killing all the animals. It was like they were putting lipstick on rabbits or something. But I, it was always the eye. It was always the uh, eye shadow on the on the rabbits, and they'd always get pink eye, and then they would always like burn their eyes out or whatever the fuck it was, and they die of some remedial third third latter stage cancer like a year later. I never understood that because it's like, okay, so you know like what's going to be caustic, you know what chemicals are good and bad. So if you're buying something to where they just put the chemicals that will kill you to a barely undetectable level, yeah. I don't know, maybe you should stop using that product. Well, they've all, as far as I can tell, they all, they all, all make up, other than like whatever the fake, or, you know, the $8,000 organic shit does, all the makeup causes some reaction to women's skin, whether it's going to be like a horrible reaction, which they can't have, obviously, or just a minor reaction where they just start breaking out with zits and stuff like that. And then you got, you know, you got to do cover that up with more makeup. Yeah. And the whole oh, cycle have you ever continues. seen those photos of like the models or like the Victoria's Secret models without makeup? They're just littered with acne all over their face. It's from caking on that makeup every day. I have not seen that. I've seen the. It's hor- know, It's horrific. I've seen a lot of porn, and it, it, yeah. it gets pretty nasty. No, I even notice it now. It's my obsession now. I look at actresses on TV. And if you look beyond all the, whatever, the compound shit they put on their faces, mm-hmm. like the cover-up, you can just see they have acne all over their face. They all have acne all over their faces. Um, and they're all like 30, so I assume it's just from all the makeup they're doing. Um, maybe going down on gay men. Uh, so L'Oreal hired the first... So you, basically, here's the thing. So you've got to hire... If you're in the public spotlight and you have a consumer brand that is for women and maybe gay men or whatever, a progressively seen you know, corporate... Uh, body, you have to hire trannies. It's just a big thing. And you, you have to put them on the cover of your magazine or talk about how you're hiring trannies because you just everyone has to have a fucking tranny. That's just the thing you have to have. You now. have to prove how open, inclusive you are and hire a trans woman. Yes. So, uh, yes. Actually, not the other way around. And uh, so L'Oreal hired this woman, and her name, by the way, is Monroe Borg- Bergdorf, which I think is, <laughs> is, is named after Bergdorf's is like the high-end department store. Oh, it's a okay. northeastern department store like New York, whatever it is. So this fucking idiot chose this name? It sounds completely fake to me. I assume it's a fake training name. Wow. Yes. That's that's uh, that's horrible. I mean, if you're picking a name and uh, that's what you went with. 
Can we take a pause for Brian's pizza with lettuce on it? <laughs> that is like, that is horrible, Brian. That is just, that is really, I mean, honestly, I've made fun of you for so many shows about the pizza you order. But lettuce, just, just a lettuce, new low. uncooked it's, lettuce on a pizza. It's the Rocco salad pie. I, oh, I, I, I'm getting, getting veggie pizzas. I just wanted to go. I don't, lettuce is not. Lot. Here's the thing: lettuce is clearly a vegetable. It's not a pizza vegetable. <laughs> it's just, it's just not. That that. By, I'm glad for the hundredth anniversary show. You picked the finally picked the most embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> openly, expressively, sort of fey pizza. It looks it looks beautiful, I, I, if I can say, but I, I bet you it's not very good. No, you know what it looks like? It looks like if uh, uh, Jenny Craig was showing all the great foods you can eat on the Jenny Craig diet. Oh, you can have pizza. Yes, the salad pizza. It's really... Didn't you guys get on me for how I plugged our sponsor last week or something? Oh, Ro- oh our, no. Ro- by the way, Rocco's pizza is amazing. So what's underneath all the... <laughs> Romaine lettuce, I'm sure, is delicious. Yeah, Rocco's has quality pizza, but you know, if you order it with uh, cat shit. Yeah. By the way, you can order you can order pizza and a salad on the side. You don't have to mix it. I had nightmares because my when I grew up, my mom would only use one plate no matter what she served for for dinner, and we were very 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 economical in all all means. And so, if you had salad and something else, whatever else, it was all on one plate because she refused to use more than one plate, mm. and that was like the rule for kids. You only had one plate, so it'd be like yogurt, salad. She was very crunchy yogurt you know a salad with salad dressing and mandarin oranges and like some really crunchy piece of meat something like that it was all kind of jumbled together on one plate so as fast as it all was individually it all mixed into like a little soup like in the middle yeah. of the plate i'm having nightmares about that thanks brian that was great uh, i'm gonna try a piece so if we can transition back from brian to trannies which isn't that difficult um, so they they hired the, they hired this tranny. So they here's the thing. So you got to hire a tranny. They hired and not just a tranny. You have to hire like an outspoken, like social media strong, present tranny. Yeah. Because you want to make a big deal out of this, and you need them to promote among their tranny community how progressive L'Oreal is for hiring the first tranny model. So you can't just actually get there. Are I've showed you pictures of that LA modeling issue that represents tranny models, and especially from a little bit of a distance, some of them are really hot. Right? They look like hot chicks from about twenty feet away. Mm, I didn't find that to be the case. Don't, don't call me gag. Just saying they looked, they looked very much more passable. And they looked more like traditional models, let's say. Yeah. Female models. From at least, you know, in a, in a photo shoot with Photoshop, you can make them look like women very easily. Right. This one didn't look so great. She had, like, braids and she had big fake, uh, fake breasts, like, obviously fake breasts. So it looked like a man who turned into, it looked like, it looked like I imagine Caitlyn Jenner would look with, you know, her it top off. It was kind of Reno strip club. It was Reno Strip. It looked like you're trying too hard to pretend to be a woman. Yeah. Woman. And so I hired this person, and after day three on the job, after announcing how L'Oreal on her, on her Facebook and website, she had a big following, is so progressive and is hiring trans women, trans women of color. Uh, although, again, I don't see much I see a lot of color. Uh, I don't see color at all, Matt, as a matter of fact. And uh, um, she, went, she, got, she went on this racist diatribe on Facebook calling all... Historically and modern, all white men, all white people, racists, enslavers of, of people, and well, that's like not even alt right. Didn't attack the alt right, just all white people. I think and, she even said something like, "White people cannot argue about this or something." You can't argue. I won't talk to anyone who disagrees with me on this. That all white people are racist, and they're all white privilege. All white people are racist. Yes, and they all have white privilege. Which again. I don't understand white privilege because I always picture like some white person at a country club with a sweater over their shoulders. And when I picture white privilege, I don't picture like the guy in West Virginia, the coal mine, like with asbestos lungs, like dying <laughs> at 35, going, yeah, my white privilege is really fantastic. That seems like a unnecessarily broad brush to stroke all white people with privilege. Like you might say on average, white versus black have more privilege than black on average. 
but it's such an embarrassingly broad brush that it applies really no meaning whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, not a lot of, uh, you know, white people are getting hired uh, by L'Oreal with no modeling experience. No. Uh, when not being especially talented in the sense of, I don't know, qualified to be uh, a spokesperson because you're usually supposed to be uh, exceptionally attractive. Exceptionally attractive. So that sounds like kind of a privilege. You're, supposed to be one ten- one ten- you're not supposed to be one-tenth and one-percent of the population that changes gender. You're supposed to be one-tenth and one-percent of the hottest women in the world. Right. So day three on the job, after talking at L'Oreal, she goes on this, she, he goes on this huge racist diatribe, and it gets picked up everywhere because it was, it was massively racist. It was against white people, but it was massively racist. It was just racist in the most basic sense of the word. It was intentionally racist. It was actually like she wasn't <laughs> it hiding was the fact. It was brazenly racist. Yes, it was. It was just talking shit about how horrible what all white people are and how how evil all white people are. That's racist. I mean, you can pick any color you want in there, but that's basically racist. So they L'Oreal fired her uh, on day four. <laughs> And then she immediately goes to the fact that she was fired because she's an outspoken tranny talking about race and women of color talking about racial issues and that they were supposed to be a progressive company and why would they fire her for this? And then she immediately calls for a boycott, a boycott of L'Oreal. So she set up this real loophole in which yes. you get hired because you're trans and then when you get fired, it's also because you're trans. And a woman of color. So... And therefore I can say, I can say, forget like, forget like... Uh, uh, James Damore at Google, like actually, I think he's Asperger. He actually putting out that thing at Google about how women and men are different biologically. I think he firmly believed that, and he was just a nerd who didn't understand exactly what he was doing. <laughs> so he didn't. Uh, he got fired, and he got fired. And Google had the right to fire him. She actually intentionally went out and put something extremely uh, shocking and, and, and racist and stuff like that on social media, knowing that there'd be a reaction to it. She actually was provo- clearly provoking a reaction. It's insane entitlement to think you could get away with that. It's completely incendiary comments. And so she got fired. Then she's got boycotting them, which then raises the question, isn't this a massive catch-22? Yeah. Which is now, if you don't hire like the outspoken tranny to be one of your, one of your sp- models, to be one of your leading models, then you get called out for not having tranny models, even though, again, they, they must be a small percentage of models. And then if you do, they can just have this license carte blanche to say any shit they want about your company, by the way, and your customers. I don't know. What percentage of L'Oreal's customers are white? In England, by the way, uh, 90, 90, 90%. <laughs> so she's talking shit about 90% of your customers, calling them evil people. You have to fire that person. And now you can't fire her. Now she's, now she's boycotting It's them. literally, this is George Orwell uh, speaking yes. of British. Uh, what was the quote? It's something like, uh, truth is fiction or something. It is... It is, it, but it's, I don't think it's even it's not it's even less Orwellian as it is more sort of like her gaming the system because I don't think there's a real there's no if you look at the if you look at the majority opinion it doesn't follow what she's saying but the the very small minority people through social media presence have such a huge influence on the media and corporations and, and, and popular thinking and news stories that get covered mm-hmm. so her news story got covered everywhere they fight L'Oreal I, that's how I saw it I don't read fashion magazines. L'Oreal fires transgender model was a huge headline, so it picks up it picks up a, a momentum of its own. So she has a, a an asymmetrical power, if you will, which is she has a huge media power and, and a, a, a consumer power well above and beyond what she should have. So she wields. It's not even like the Orwellian thing. I think it's more of like she's playing this up for like money, fame, power, gigs, all that kind of stuff. She's blackmailing essentially, right? Yeah, except I, I don't think she was experienced enough or suave enough to 
kind of understand how to do it uh, with any kind of nuance. It, yes. You know, I mean, she, she would have got fired from McDonald's for that. Like, it, it's, it's almost like if you're a comedian and you go to a comedy club, whether or not they explicitly tell you, you can't go on stage and start trashing the club. No. Like, oh, this is a real shithole. Yes. They're not paying me enough. You'll, you'll be fired for that. Yeah. And, and pretty much everyone who's ever held a job understands that. But she, she believes... So here's the thing. She can't lose because by being fired, she actually gains now a huge new following. And she becomes de facto a social activist with another 500,000 followers on, on Facebook social media. And now she becomes a, a, you know, a figurehead for the tranny model thing. And she will get picked up by somebody else. That's just the way, that's the way it works. It's, it's like a revert. You think about the Kardashians got famous for doing porn. This is sort of like the political version of that. Right. This is where like you're porning, you're political porning yourself into like a position where you're a massive victim and now a spokesperson for this shit. And now you have like all of a sudden you have four million followers and CNN covers everything you do and, and Huff Poe is writing essays about you and somebody now has to is like Kaepernick. Like Kaepernick. Now they're going to pressure companies to hire her. Yeah, uh, I guess. Although I mean, it's not like she was fired for being. Trans, she was fired because of the horrible racist diatribe. But that's not how she's framing it. That's not how it's being picked up at all. In fact, well, if nobody seemed to, nobody seemed to be, nobody. I mean, let's face it. Nobody gets that upset when you're racist against white people. There just isn't. There isn't just that much. Picked I don't up on care it. that much. I don't care that much at all. But I'm saying, obviously, the coverage of it and the blowback is far is million times less than if it was a, a white person talking about how black people were. But all how evil. is she still going to get hired? I mean, fucking Harvard. Uh, you know, axed a bunch of kids who were accepted because they were posting racist shit on Facebook. I mean, I, I don't get how. I guarantee you, she's going to get how that's going to have a she's going to have a talk show on on, on some channel at some point very soon. I don't know. I'm I'm willing to bet the under on that. I'll I, bet you. I I'll bet like, you. I'll bet you a roommate lettuce pizza on that. Also, when you hire a trans person and they uh, turn out to have uh, some sort of obvious mental instability, yeah. Are you are you that shocked at this point? Well, b- by the way, her, her title on social media was activist slash model, and anyone who puts activist in their title, I would wouldn't hire in a million years. I would never hire. I don't care if I agree with their activism. I would never hire someone who self titles himself activist. What about environmental activist? No, not an activist at all. Okay. If you say you love camping, that's cool. If you say you like hiking, that's fine by me. You love nature. But what if, you're a, what if you're like Abby Hoffman, like you're a legit activist? I wouldn't hire Abby Hoffman. Why not? Uh, well, he's dead. <laughs> that's for one. But also, uh, I just don't like people who are activists. I mean, I, actually, I like people who are active. What about like Medgar Evers? I like people who are active, and I like people that are socially conscious. I don't want someone who describes themselves in the first word as activist, because that to me is just, you might as well say obnoxious. You might as well say obnoxious and hard to get along with people. So, if the whole world was activist, it would make more sense. But considering the activist is going to just piss off everyone at the workplace. What about, what about like Oscar Schindler? Mm, <laughs> I hire Schindler. If I had a smelting, like a smelting factory, a smelting <laughs> operation, I'd probably hire Schindler. Especially during the Nazi rise. I don't know. I, I just, I think that you're, you're, I think if you went back and looked at some of her previous postings, you'd probably see a, a string of things that were undesirable. Right, a few red flags. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, to me, if I see, when I'm hiring someone, I see someone on their Facebook and they have their, drunken party pictures where they're doing beer bongs and vomiting and they're 20 that doesn't bother me that much or if they're like doing some sort of political shit whatever that doesn't bother anti-Trump shit or whatever it doesn't bother me so much but if someone's actually you know an activist and there's a picture of them hugging a tree I'm not, I'm not, it's just not fucking hard <laughs> let's get to an email about breasts something we know more a little bit more about 
Uh, Eric wants to know, uh, shouldn't a chick have a right to sue magazines? Chick. I don't like the word chick, Eric. That's really horrible. Um, should the chick have a right to sue magazines for publishing t- her topless photos only, only if she has horrible-looking knockers like Kate Middleton? I feel, so, like, I feel like this is sexist. It does seem... Well, it is completely sexist, but that's the question. We can't evade that. So Kate Middleton had her... And this was five years ago. 2012 had a long-range telescopic lens shot of her topless on vacation. She was in the south of France right after getting married to uh, Prince, whatever the fuck his name is. Harry? William. Oh. Bald, bald, I don't know. I, I feel bad for bald guys, but if you're bald at 25, that's just got to be. If you, unless you got a billion in the bank and you're, you're a future king, that's got to be rough. Uh, oh, that's why you don't inbreed, <laughs> by the way. That's why you don't fuck your cousin or your sister. <laughs> uh, well, that's among the reasons. Among the, re- among the reasons. Uh, so she was well, yeah, it doesn't seem especially pleasurable. Anyway. She was in an estate, in the, someone's estate. They were, the royals get to borrow when they want to, uh, in the south of France. And they had a perimeter, a, security, a huge security perimeter. But someone got telescopic lens from a mile or two miles away. They shot her topless on the balcony. Which is so creepy, by the way. Uh, is it creepy? Yeah. Shoot from two miles away, a giant telescope zooming in on people that don't know you're there. Who are probably trying to sequester themselves from you? So, fuck you. you yeah, leave, I like guess a I don't little see tree line, a little gap, and now you know. I get. I guess I don't see it as creepy so much as opportunists. I mean, those photos were worth obviously worth a t- shit ton of money to the magazines that eventually published them. So I think you know what? Actually, you get paid for not working. Fuck you. It's just care. yeah. It's just I see it more as mercenary because I see it more as getting a buck no matter any way you can. Because the photographers obviously got paid six figures for the photos, right? So I don't think it was a creep. I don't think it was a sexual creep factor. I think it was just a money factor, right? Which I guess is kind of creepy. But she's a grown woman. She took her top off, um, and that's the price of being one of the world's most famous people. Is it, you have to get naked inside the house? Anyhow, they took her photos, and they, a French magazine published them. And the biggest the biggest thing I remember about this is what Eric, the emailer, is asking about is that she had very unimpressive breasts. She had very unimpressive breasts. <laughs> I don't know. I picture a princess having better having princess breasts for some reason. And she's a slender woman. She's a very attractive, very for royals for royals. She's a royal like eight or nine for sure. Uh, in terms of the fact that she has no obvious uh, ancestral in, inbreeding like Mar- Marquette demarcations about her body. But or she face. married into it, right? Oh, she married into. Although it, but, her family is kind of like Illuminati type. I don't know what they. Yeah, but the, she she and her sister are both fairly attractive on their own. Women for British for British women, they're British. They're British seven, I would say, and a royal eight or nine. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, I can't think of a better looking British a royal woman than her. Um, but she had very unimpressive sort of pancaked. Uh, well, they don't, you don't have. You can marry. Uh, I'd say most women. You could marry probably any model you want. They don't have to be British, Harry. Uh, well, no, this is William, but Harry William? is Harry is marrying that uh, 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 biracial uh, sort of TV actress. Oh, really? Yeah, so well, he is actually him. marrying a legitimately attractive woman who has nothing to do with the royal family. He's and he's the not bald one, right? He's a redhead one. Yeah, yeah. He's, he did the Nazi dress up in the cocaine in Vegas. So he seems like the cooler one by comparison. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, he seems. Besides the Nazi outfit, that was a bad idea uh, for a dress up party. But uh, well, it's Halloween. He was doing eight balls in Vegas off strippers, so he seems like the much cooler one. Yeah, uh, Williams is the one who's going to be king, so he has a lot more pressure on him. He had to marry a royal. So anyhow, here's the upshot: her breasts were not very, not very good breasts. Let's just face it; they were not, they were pancaked for like she was, I think, about 26 at the time, and no children yet. And she, it was very, it was very disappointing. And so uh, she sued the the, uh, the the publisher and the owner of the magazine just this week. One after five years, won 50 grand from each of them. They had sued for a million and a half dollars. 
But the, e, the EU and its infinite wisdom caps all liability and libel and civil damages at about 50 grand tops for any one charge. Really? Yeah. So you can get away with pretty much, you know, sort of nonviolent murder in terms of raping people's public images. And you never have to pay more than 50 grand. And I'm assuming they made millions off the photos in the magazine. So they would do that deal again. I mean, in the U.S., the tabloids get sued for millions and lose sometimes. It's still, it's still a good financial deal for them. So I'm assuming the European magazine 50 grand doesn't mean that much in terms of the, all the money they made off the issue. Probably not. Although, um, this might be the only 100 grand she ever earns in her entire life. Ah, I see. So She's not allowed to hold a job, Matt, just so you know. Why, why not? Because she's has, she does charity fundraising. Why do you hate her so much? Why would you want the figurehead of your country to be someone that can't have a job? Uh, I don't know. Do you expect, like... Well, I guess I say Trump's not a good example because his kids have fake jobs in the White, in the White House. <laughs> Would you like to have a fake job in politics? Where she's like the assistant to the prime minister, fake assistant to the prime minister on so and so affairs. Well, I like how they don't they don't do that whole common man fucking bullshit. So, no, I mean if you're if you're uh, as far as I can I, tell, I, I wouldn't mind you go down to the dock and and you know huff why some. Though? As far as I can tell, she uses her fame about three hundred days a year to attend charity fundraisers. So she's got to be raising fucking half a billion dollars a year. Meaning open bar and catering and you dress up in $10,000 fucking gowns. Does that sound appealing to you other than the open bar part, which I know gives you an erection? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I would would not trade. I mean, just in terms of lifestyle, I would not want her lifestyle. It sounds fucking horrible. I agree. I mean, it's... Not to mention the bald guy climbing on top of you. It's... (laughs) There's that. that. Well, you shoot... There's something that really creeps me out. I didn't even know that that lenses... I mean, I know NASA can do shit, but I didn't know some guy could photograph you. Uh, from two miles away. It might have been a mile. It was a really far... It was a, I mean, you can see the photos are very grainy yeah. from the distance, so the, the close-ups are very grainy. So, But you, here's one thing you can tell. She does not... She has a poor, poor chest. Well, I was just in... Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, that's true. And I'm assuming, that, I'm assuming because of royal protocol, he probably wasn't allowed to see her naked before they got married. Can you... If someone's aiming a, a lens at you, uh, I think you're pretty limited in what you can do, but like... For example, this weekend I was in Santa Barbara and uh, I was sitting out on the pier uh, just having a nice little glass of wine. And this drone uh, was flying over my head. Oh, getting shots of you, Matt. Uh, and it was getting For pretty like a close. Bulgarian men's publication. Probably. So I took the glass and threw it at the drone. Yeah, you can beat, it. You can beat them, I think. There's a, there's a rule about... How close they can get to you. Some guy beat him with a baseball bat that I saw down in Orange County. Yeah, if, I mean, I wish I had like a baseball on me to check, but it flew away after that. It got scared. But uh, yeah, the drone shit's crazy. That, now that is I don't like creepy. the fact that people are. I mean, could, could a drone just fly over Middleton's uh, house when they're in the backyard? Oh, they would shoot it down, I think. The security would shoot it down. But no, they but can't. But you can't no. shoot a photographer. No, you down. can't go. There's a. Uh, I think you should be able to shoot the photographer. Yeah, I think so too. They should have. They, uh, the British aren't big on guns. That's a problem. So they just, slingshot, yeah, something like that. Uh, it was really kind of sad. But here's the point. Here's what Eric wants to know. So the hundred thousand dollars she got, she won the case. She got the max amount, which is like a hundred grand, which of course means nothing to her. Doesn't mean much to the magazine. But they declared it a big victory for her. Uh, this wasn't exactly the Hulk Hogan Gawker case for one hundred twenty million. Uh, here's the point where Eric wants to know: Should only women who have not good-looking breasts be able to sue and win? Because if she had spectacular breasts, would that be like sort of in her favor? Like, would she have benefited from that? I mean, do you think do you think she's suing because of the invasion of privacy, or just that they're not flattering photos? I think if I'm on the jury, if I'm on the jury, and they say, and she talks about the damage done to her reputation by having her being topless, 
And I would go, I don't know, you have amazing breasts. I think I don't think I'm going to give you any money. I mean, Kim Kardashian sort of had this right in that, you know, you can uh, produce a professionally made pornographic film, um, you know, where you get the makeup and the right angles and everything, and uh, and then you can sort of pretend somehow that that you didn't want that to be out, but at least you can approve it first, you know? So I feel like yeah. if Middleton just released some flattering topless photos, I don't know how many guys would be out trying to shoot her with the zoom lens. Uh, well, but she's the queen to be. She can't do that kind of shit. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of models do that nowadays. They do topless stuff because they don't, they just kind of takes away the power of being caught topless. Yeah. But I don't think she could do that. I, I'm agreeing with Eric on this. I think in terms of public reputation damage, if she just had spectacular tits, it would have been like you would have liked her a lot better. I just you know what she, she could she would do have liked is, her a lot better. Every time there's one of these hacks, these iCloud hacks, yeah. uh, it, I'm, I'm guessing around thirty percent of the uh, people who get their shit hacked, the chicks, just take that as an opportunity to release some cool nude photos of themselves. Well, there are now. It, there are certainly social she, media models she who could definitely claim that stuff. she was hacked. Yeah. and just have like a tit photo. Well, that's what that's what Kardashian and Paris Hilton, all the people, they all claim and. It, Tequila, tequila, and all those celebrity tapes—they always claim that they were stolen because yeah. that was a hook. Because Julian hook. Assange just hunkered down yeah, trying to right. get into Tila Tequila's yeah. uh, iCloud account. The Russian Putin's got the Russians going after the <laughs> Tila Tequila's account. Uh, no, I mean that's how vivid you can't you can't actually publish a video unless it has permission of the actors in the sh- in the movie. So they obviously all signed off to make money off it, but then they, they had to pretend with fake lawsuits that it was stolen because that's how. People, whatever it is that drives men to buy these tapes online, when they think it's hacked, they will buy it ten times as much. Right. It's just that sort of thing. So, I, Eric, I'm saying yes to you. If Kate Middleton had just like beautiful breasts, I would say I would give her a dollar, do one of those dollar awards, just to say that was kind of creepy, but you got a dollar because I can't see how your reputation was damaged. This is totally the American male point of view. Because by the way, the Brits were all even Brits were all up in arms about our queen, our future queen being shown topless. I think they were going to go to war with France over that shit. Well, our uh, uh, first lady oh, yeah, did seen, a lot of porn. Yeah, We've seen we her tits multiple and times. And according to you, she was a professional escort who uh, hooked herself and pro- was a prostitute. Indeed she was. But, uh, you <laughs> yeah. know, Michelle Obama, that whore, she wore a sleeveless dress. <laughs> she did. Although I'm kind of, I like Michelle Obama, but I'm kind of sick of the cult of Michelle Obama. That's bothered me a little bit. So I would like to see her do something like accomplish something like outside of like first lady shit. Outside of like figurehead shit, it would be, you talk about like, Kate Middleton doesn't have a job. I would like Michelle Obama to do something like besides like school lunches and charity events and stuff like that. Well, what does uh, Melania Trump do? I believe and Michelle Obama's to- a lawyer. Wasn't she a lawyer? Did she go to law yeah, school? Yeah, she went to Harvard. She yeah. went to Stanford and then to Harvard. So let's hear her take on a big legal case or something. That would be impressive. Well, at least she has a degree. Melania yes. Trump goes to brunch and stands around looking weird. Okay, Melania Trump speaks five languages. <laughs> they always say that. But in defense of any like sort of what you would call an escort model. They always say how many languages she speaks, which, by the way, every European from a small country speaks that many languages. So you can say, I'm going to suck you off in five languages? Yeah. If you grew up in Rhode Island and they had a special language there that only spoke in Rhode Island and you had to navigate the rest of the country, you would also learn to speak Kinetic-ese. And yeah, yeah. Like, you, like, if you live in Slovakia, which is a tiny country for Europe and you're surrounded by 30 other countries where you have to do business, yeah. you would also learn four or five languages because you have to. Right. It doesn't count when you're from a, a weird Eastern European country. If you live in Gainesville and you speak five languages... That's impressive. Mad props to you. Yeah, no one in Gainesville even speaks English barely. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, let me ask you about a book that I'm sure you uh, 
were stoned and sort of read the cliff notes for in high school, Lord of the Flies. Lord of the Flies to me is a quintessential book that everyone in high school, when they first started smoking weed, got assigned to them in, in high school and thought was really cool because they read it when they were high. I actually never read it, nor have I ever read it. Really? High. It wasn't on your... Uh, in, in, I think in California was one of those mandatory high school re- books on the reading list. I've seen the uh, movie, though. So. Oh, that's the same thing as reading the book. <laughs> of course, it's the Pulitzer Prize winning novel by uh, William Goldring. Uh, Brian, does Brian have a Lord of the Flies? Well, it was on the California reading list. Yeah, so you read it. Didn't, I didn't read it. I, okay. Cliff, well, I don't think anyone Cliff actually... Cliff Notes helped me. Yeah, know, it was Cliff Notes for most people. I actually enjoyed... C or whatever. I would say I read probably 20% of the books assigned and Cliff Note the rest. But that was one I actually liked. It was actually a great book because it was about boys just beating the crap out. You know, stranded boy. They're prep school boys, very refined. They get stranded on a, on a desert on an island, remote island, and as they're call, as they're left out of the you know the, the culture and the prep school culture and on the island, they start forming clans and groups and becoming ultra violent like 13, 14 year olds. It's kind of an allegory for society in general, right? Exactly, and and, and that and male how males are naturally aggressive and, and violent. And how if you take yeah if you take the culture away from them they will become animals, uh, which to me rang very true, especially in high school, especially in high school, because you know when the principal wasn't around that's how every guy acted basically. If you put me on an island with two other guys, it might be me or or one of them. Someone's gonna die. Yeah, and this was like of course they picked on the fat kid right away. They started started like beating the crap out of the fat kid. The fat kid with glasses got beat up, which is that what happened in high school? I mean, it was a very. It was written by I think William Goldman. I think was a high school teacher, a middle school teacher. So he was uh, basing it off what he saw as you know, pubescent boy coming of age shit, which is fights and and going after each other and and pecking order and violence and sports and you know and trying to get girls and all that kind of shit. Boys, that's the most wild. Raging time for boys. It's like dominant male monkey competition. That is the male toxicity that uh, what's his name, uh, John Legend, fake name John Legend talks about. I will grant him from thirteen to fifteen or sixteen. It is pretty ugly. It's pretty ugly. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah, which is why. So imagine those kids on an island in fucking loincloths with spears and, and uh, fire and trying to dominate one another, and it gets really cold. It was a great novel. It won the Pulitzer Prize. They don't just hand those out. <laughs> well, nowadays they do, but they didn't used to just hand those out. Has to be written by a guy about, about, about guys. Um, so, uh, Hollywood, it's Infinite Wisdom, is remaking Lord of the Flies, but with a little twist, Matt. There's a small twist. <laughs> this is what they wrote. They actually wrote, there's a small twist to this remake. Uh, it's going to be all girls. All girls stranded on the island. Didn't see that coming. And by the way, not 19-year-old hot co-eds, because that would be a great movie. Uh, it's going to be... It was like young girls? Yeah, middle school girls, whatever, prep school girls trapped on it, you know, stranded on an island, and what becomes of them, and they... As they work without a dominant culture. Middle school girls. Okay, I picture a lot of uh, sitting cross-legged, <laughs> reading, perhaps, um, I don't know, playing. Do they have their phones with them? Clicks. They'll be clicks. They'll be, like, cutting people out. They'll be, di- they'll be writing, fiercely writing their diaries about each other. No, they won't have any electronics. There'll be no electronics, so they're going to have to, like, figure out a way to text each other without any text devices. Right. They're going to cut girls out. Some girl's going to be made fun of for her looks or her hair or her... Her breasts, or not having breasts, or having breasts, or whatever the hell it's going to be. There's no boys, though, to be kind of weird and jealous of. And no, but they'll make fun of their, their one girl will be fat, so they're going to make fun of the fat girl. They'll make fun of the, like, the, probably the girl with the kinky hair is going to make fun of. Whatever. One girl will tell all the other girls that that one specific girl um, yes. has, like, some disease or yeah. something. Or slutty, is slutty. Is a slut. Yeah, and the one girl's going to talk about how her father could buy them all. 
<laughs> and then she's gonna whip out her credit, whip out her credit cards. One of the girls is gonna claim she has a boyfriend in Australia, um, <laughs> who's a plays for the soccer team, or that her missing father is actually secretly a very important person who's coming back to take her one day. One girl's gonna start cutting with the twigs immediately. Fashion a, a yeah, some sort so of blade out of a know, branch. I think you know now. I've named everything that's not gonna happen in the movie because you know it's gonna be too politically correct for any of that shit. <laughs> But here's the thing. So they're trying to, like, you know, they remade Ghostbusters with an all-female cast. They're remaking Ocean's Eleven with an all-female cast. This, to me, by the way, is the height of, like, anti-feminism, which is, like, instead of creating movies for women by women, they're just taking guys' movies and recasting them with all women. (laughs) It's it's just not the same thing. So is it going to be the same sort of behavior of the males just just replaced with women? I imagine it's going to be different, although they hired... So here's a... Here's how identity politics, like, correct everybody is. They hired male writers to write the movie, the female re- uh, all-female remake of Lord of the Flies, but they hired two gay men to do it so that they couldn't be criticized as being, like, male, privileged, whatever. Oh, man, but, they should have gone the full route and hired um, teenage middle school girls to write the script. <laughs> right. Here's a, real po- here's a real point. You can't. So there could be female Ghostbusters. That's a fake thing, and the women can fight ghosts, whatever. And that movie was very largely unsuccessful. I kind of disagree with you. I I think if there were actual ghosts and you had to go fight a ghost that you don't know if it can kill you or possess you, I don't picture a lot of women signing up oh, for that Leslie job. What about Leslie Jones? You would hire Leslie Jones to do that? Maybe her. Yes, but you know you don't see a lot of women plumbers even. Melissa so I have McCarthy. a hard time believing they're going to you know fight evil spirits. But in the realm of reality, Matt, you could hi- where Ghostbusters don't really exist. You could believe that ghost fighters could be women, and you could believe Ocean's Eleven that even though women don't really rob banks, you could believe that slick talking women, hustling women, could rob, you know rob a casino in Vegas. That's sort of an all female gang. I mean, there are no. By the way, there are no all male gangs of hot looking dudes in sweet suits. Eleven of them robbing banks. That's a good Chinese point. acrobats and computer computer hackers. <laughs> so with an Irish guy, a Jewish guy, a black guy. It's a know. very good point. They're all Armenian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. But in Lord of the Flies, it is specifically about a boy's coming-of-age story where boys get violent and and their little mini-society breaks down into a fucking Game of Thrones violence. So actually, by putting women in the story, by making an all-female story, it is no longer Lord of the Flies. It's a just completely different story. So why remake an iconic male coming-of-age story about boy behavior with females? It makes no sense whatsoever. Why not create a female coming-of-age story with women, girls who are trapped somewhere, and what happens to them? Why not make that? Why call it Lord of the Flies and completely corrupt this? Well, I guess there's sort of political statement, uh, whether whether it's implied or explicit, is that there are no biological differences or behavioral differences between the sexes. So I, I believe they're saying that girls would maybe act the same as boys, which is kind of sexist too, because it's it's based on what boys would do. Yes, you know this isn't. We're not going to take Steel Magnolias and remake it with Morgan Freeman, no. and and Jack Nicholson, and they're they're sitting around in the barber shop uh, gossiping and, no. and baking cobblers fact, or I wanna, whatever. I want to remake. I want to remake uh, the Jesse Owens story with a white runner. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, but with instead a German? of yeah, well, no, yeah. Instead of instead of being uh, his obstacle being that he's black and everyone's racist, it's he's white and people think he has a funny haircut, <laughs> and that's what he has to overcome. Everyone laughs at his hair, but he's still chosen by winning the hundred meters. So it's just it's, it's you're taking the actual fundamental piece of the story, which is a gender based story, and altering it for the other gender, wherein it no longer has any value whatsoever to the original concept. 
just to right. say you're doing just to say you're doing it. It's gonna it's gonna ring hollow. It's gonna come off as sort of um, disingenuous uh, or, or just not accurate. There have to be a million novels about girls. There are because I remember having to read them in high school. There are a million novels about girls coming of age stories. Why? Why would they not just pick one of those stories to make a remake? Because women are strong and they can also fashion spears and try and dominate each yes. other in the woods. No, even though I, they, that wouldn't happen. Here's what I here's what I can tell. You. I've been watching girls and women shop for many years now. Women of means who have unlimited funds. I've never seen a girl or woman walk into a store and come out carrying a spear. <laughs> However, I know if I gave one of my uh, young teen sons money and sent him into a uh, let's say a Walmart in the South. They would walk out with four guns, three, three spears, two, two other weapons of death. That's just what boys buy. Boys buy weapons. They love spears. Boy looks at a spear and goes, oh, my God, look at that fucking spear. And doesn't care much about shoes or purses. No. I don't, I've never seen a girl walk out of a store carrying a spear in my life. But I can imagine every boy, if they had $100 in their pocket, walked into... Have you been to Walmart in the South, by the way, where they sell weapons? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like they have the huge gun displays. All you see are men around it, grown men around it, like masturbating. <laughs> it's like literally, it's like the same reaction as a strip club. You see them like touching, the, they're touching the guns, or like kind of getting close to the guns. They're like, you know, they're probably erect in their pants, or like they're they are aroused by the sight of weapons. This is so bogus because don't don't feminists sort of, you know, and I know they're all different in their uh, illogical statements, but don't feminists sort of claim that women are like you know, more rational and reasonable and that they don't do stupid things that men do, like, you know, fight each other for no reason. Yeah. Um, but now they want to be able to do that too. So which is it? Well, I think they will be. I mean, naturally women are less aggressive and violent than men are, physically violent than men are. I don't know how the movie, what they're going to do in the movie, but whatever they do, it can't be authentic to the Lord of the Fly story. But here's the best part, because inevitably when you're politically correct, You start to consume yourself. That whole culture based on bogus bullshit identity tends to consume itself. So what's happened? All the feminists are outraged that they hired male writers to write this thing. And now they're mocking Warner Brothers incessantly about the fact, oh, you're going to have two guys write a movie about about young teenage girls. What are they going to do? Go shopping and and, and do their hair and stuff like that. How, How offensive. So even in their attempt to be massively politically correct by corrupting a all-time great American novel, Pulitzer Prize-winning novel. They're still getting beaten. They're still getting beaten down. I hope this fails miserably. I, I mean, I know the movie's going to suck, but I mean, there's so much political shit that goes into like Rotten Tomatoes too, and like you know, I feel like any movie with oh, the, the reviews will be female good, ensemble cast is going to have like a ninety percent. I, I think that the Rotten Tomatoes and Flickster, which are both owned by the studios, by the way. Um, are really driving traffic to and from the box office. Yeah, I think you're you're semi-right, but do you know anyone who's going to see the all-girls Lord of the Flies movie? I mean, Cap- Wonder Woman was a different story because that was a, it was a, 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 com- a big, huge comic movie, tentpole movie. Yeah. That was just having to have a female lead character. It was Captain America with a chick, and every single guy, teenage boy still went to see it. I don't think any teenage boy movie going on is going to see the Lord of the Flies with an all-girl cast. I don't think anyone's going to see it. I don't think anyone's going to see it either. But I think it's going to win a shitload of awards. <laughs> so, Handmaid's Tale, one more, more Emmys than any, uh, nominated for more Emmys or one more Emmys than any other show. And I can just tell you, it was all, all the men are rape, horrible rapists in the future. <laughs> so, uh, you, you, can, you can do worse than all that. We have an email from Sarah. Matt, you know about Cholos, right? 
Uh, do you self-identify as a cholo? Just part of the- from the movies. I, I think I dressed as a cholo for Halloween one time. It's <laughs> a very uh, easy costume to pull off. The flannel shirt with one one or two buns up top. The, be- the, the shorts black and the high socks, which is a, a very bizarre look, by the way. It's sort of like an old Florida Jewish guy, <laughs> but like dressed for the cold. It's just it's an odd sort of homeless look, homeless sort of weird. I don't know. It's sort of a cross with like the uh, Eddie Vedder kind of like grunge thing. It's like I don't know. By the way, I don't know what. So, uh, when I think when I think Mexican culture, I always think very warm weather. I don't know why they're wearing flannel. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. Uh, I picture like gang colors, maybe sweating. I guess, but just like sweating like balls. It's one hundred fucking degrees. Well, that's outside. why they they open it up with the one button on the top to let it breathe. No, they have, oh, have only the one button done on top, and they open the rest of the shirt. Right, right. They button the right. top and. Leave but they're wearing the- black black pants, so like in the in the heat. I don't know. It's just. It's just it just it smells to me, uh, but that, I think is I think Cholo is actually officially defined as like first or second generation Mexican American. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and it's part of like so you were born in the U.S. but you identify with the Mexican culture, and then there was a gang element, there was a gang subculture element to it that you're sort of you know uniquely identifying as not as, as American, but sort of the. Subculture. But even Mexican people, if if I, I I believe this is true, when, and and I know when I hear Cholo, you think of. You know, sort of gangbangery, lowrider, losery yeah. type of towny type of guy. Yeah, I think of Colors, a movie Colors from the eighties. I think most of this was based on the, based on movies from the eighties where the where the Estevez brothers played Mexicans, <laughs> <laughs> like high school. Early the eighties, the best part of the eighties movies was like all the the gangs were always multicultural gangs. They never right. like was it the black gang or the, the Mexican gang, whatever. They always had a lot of white guys sprinkled into the mix, or like sort of dubiously ethnic background guys. It was always like it was always it always took place in a fake East LA, but they're always like very like pale complected blonde guys in the gang going yeah yo yeah yeah like, <laughs> and everyone sort of accepted that fact. Now you would be punished for that, uh, but yeah. So that's where like, I think the dominant cholo view of cholo came from. So here's what's upset. So the uh, the Jenners are upset. I know about the the, the cholo. The, the Jenner girls seem to be every week putting out merchandise that is taken from a culturally appropriated some some other thing. Last week it was Tupac. They taken Tupac and. And Biggie and put them on their T-shirts, and we're talking about like hip hop culture selling hip hop eighty dollars silkscreen T-shirts or whatever it was, mm-hmm. and they had to take that down because I think they actually had the legal rights to it. But Tupac's mom was on a was on a rant about it, and cult, black people were like, "Oh, culture. the the former crackhead." Yes, yeah, right. Yeah, uh, she's uh, really. A- <laughs> Well, it is her son. A real authority on it. It it was Biggie's mom, too. I mean, whatever they are, it was their sons, and they don't want to see their dead sons on Jenner Girl t shirts. I can understand that. Uh, But here's the thing. So, Sarah wants to know can you really culturally appropriate cholos like people are claiming the Jenners did? And isn't it time to give this shit a rest? The Jenners are going to pick whatever. First of all, they don't, the girls aren't anywhere cl- mile, within ten miles of the business operations of the Jenner girls. Yeah, they're like retarded, retarded, pretty retarded girls. They're not getting making the business decisions here, but in their name, someone's doing this shit. So they're looking at like what's trending online, what's trending in fashion, and young suburban girls who buy all their shit love hip hop and the cholo stuff now, whatever it is. They want to look culturally cooler than white small girls. So, but so there is that cultural appropriation, or is that just crass commercialism? And isn't it time, so everyone's know, just to bow down to the fact that crash commercialism, you can only fight it for so long. It's not cultural appropriation. No. And it's almost like it's appropriation of an appropriation because... Uh, you don't think the Cholos invented flannel shirts? No. And, and I, just, I just don't think they're really... I don't think Cholos actually dress that way. I think it's just... We just know that from movies. Yeah, for um, sure. 
and and even if they did, you can still they don't own the rights to flannel shirts. I mean, I'm assuming they appropriated that from loggers in the Pacific Northwest, right? I have no idea where they appropriated from, but I'm guessing like a hundred years ago they weren't wearing those clothes. Well, where so does there's no, there's no, like, there's no like it doesn't go back to like the Aztec tradition of wearing Ben you, Davis black black slacks and yeah, and flannel and flannel. Mexicans flannel didn't shirts. invent flannel, so no. they clearly appropriated it from somewhere. And uh, that's, just, colder than Mexico. that's just how things work. Everything's appropriated. Well, remember um, when Vanilla Ice came out and they were all about having the white wrapper and how that was like the big, you know, a, a blight on black culture. And then even with Eminem, when Eminem came out initially, having a white wrapper was appropriating black culture until he got, he was just proved how amazing he was and everyone accepted him. But is it really like, can you really appropriate culture when it comes to like selling t-shirts at Target? Is that like? Is that really where it's? Ha- is that really where it's happening? Or do you just have to accept that this is a fucking crass capitalist society. These girls are making fucking millions of dollars off whatever they can. And if it happens to be your turn, it's going to be your turn. Yeah, and the fact that you're drawing influence from Mexican gangbangers uh, shouldn't even be on your top list of concerns. I mean, why don't you write a, a fucking uh, letter to the Mexican? music station and be like, hey, I think you're appropriating uh, Spanish culture because I know you guys didn't invent uh, the goddamn guitar or, uh, you know, the, the, the drums. Uh, that, that probably comes from Africa or whatever. Like, you could essentially pick apart anything anyone does from the car you drive to the shoes you're wearing. Well, I will say this. If you saw the advertisements, they were clearly going for that iconic movie cholos look and what they were selling. But what's wrong with that? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Other than, I mean, they're not claiming that they're Mexican-American. There's something wrong with you if you buy the shirt. Oh, yeah, for sure. If but you buy- there's nothing wrong with them trying to sell it. No, it, it's not like they were claiming... Like, remember Katie, this is last year, I think Katy Perry did cornrows in her hair, and then she had to apologize for... Miley Cyrus apologized for appropriating the black culture for wearing cornrows, which is like... They're not appropriating the black culture. They're not appropriating the black culture. They're appropriating the dominant hip hop image, mm-hmm. which sells. They're only doing it for one reason, which is to sell shit. And right. they're not like saying I'm black or I want to be black or pretend. They're not Rachel Dolezal pretending to be black. Right. They're just saying this visual. I mean, music is all about visual image now. That's what sells. They're saying this visual image sells a lot of records. Therefore, I'm gonna. And they're not like it wasn't like they were doing blackface with fucking watermelon or something like that. They're just looking like hip hop star, trying to look like hip hop stars. To sell, to look cool and sell more shit. That's not really, that can't be considered cultural appropriation. No, it's just like, I like this. And, and I know the majority of black people or, or minorities uh, don't even feel that way. They're like, uh, yeah, you know, if you, you think this is cool, I mean, that's why we're doing it is to influence people in the first place. I mean, I don't know, who invented the fucking microphone? Are we trying to take that away from 50 Cent? Uh, isn't that appropriation? I thought that was Brian. Brian read to the <laughs> microphone. That's what salad pizzas will do for you. Uh, no, I agree. It's, it's, just, it's, just, it's a way of people getting upset about ethnically and racially getting upset about shit. You can't... Anything pop music stars do, if you get offended by it, you've, you've, you're, way, you're way over offended. That's, that's my position. Right. All right. Uh, what are Jenner girls? Just sell all your shit because it does... All I, as far as I can tell, what they're doing is taking money away from stupid people, which I think is generally, generally a, capital, a capitalistic good. All right, Matt. Our final segment today, our 100th anniversary show. Brian, you did eat all that. Did you? Did you eat all your salad today, Brian? I saved a piece for Matt. Oh, that was nice. Yeah, it so, looks good. Yeah, well, I'm not going to say food makes you gay, but <laughs> if it could, that would be the food that would make you gay. Uh, for our pennies and a bunch segment, this is appropriate, I think, on our 100th show, since we talked for 100 episodes about um, free speech. Essentially, is uh, how we're able to communicate here. 
And I always worry the slippery slope that someday there's going to be like police coming in to arrest me. That's always what I've been concerned about. And I don't think it'll come that dramatically. I think it'll be more like Google, like not carrying your show or app iTunes decide not to carry your show anymore, which basically just kills you, by the way. It just destroys your business model, whatever it is. If, if Google and Apple will not carry your product, you can't not have a legitimate business. Right. I mean, you literally can't run. You could not have a show if Google and Apple took your show, if, would not host your show. So you can't. So if, you, if you're selling like swastikas and, and KKK gear, you're saying like if you Google search where to buy that, it won't pop up or something? It will not pop up. That's true. Yes. Okay. Uh, but not only that, it could be deemed, anything is deemed offensive. So what got me going thinking about uh, free speech today was Discus, which is that uh, ubiquitous commenting system you see on every single website. Everybody doesn't, everyone that's not a huge website like Hub or whatever that has their own commenting section. They all use Discus. It's on tens of thousands, if not millions of websites. It's just like you, a program that, that it's a commenting allows program. you to comment. Yes, and you have to have a Discus account. You can log in with Facebook, and that's how you comment. And they also do censorship on... It allows you, the owner of the site, to censor the comments on there. And they've always done, like, keywords, bad words you don't want on there for censorship. And then I got an email from one this morning about how they're having a new thing called toxic language. So they're going to allow you now to, to censor, to, again, this is all privately, private sites, you can do whatever you want, to censor toxic language, but not words, actual phrases or thoughts that the machine, the machine is going to learn for you based on what you tell it is offensive, to start censoring on your comment section so these comments won't appear in your section. When, uh, when like Martin Luther King was advocating for equal rights, wasn't that language considered toxic to uh, oh, yeah, the majority sure. of the population? Oh, yeah. If, if there had been blogs, if there had been major news outlets in the 60s, early 60s, I bet they would have banned his comments. For sure they would have. Yeah. So now, it's, now of course, they're, when they're talking about toxic comments, they're talking about alt-right or whatever the shit they're talking you know, pro-Trump stuff or white supremacist stuff or things like that. Discus, Discus actually, in their, in their uh, introduction to this new toxic language feature, use the example of someone writing the word burp, because that's really what's plaguing our nation, is people writing the word burp. What like, do you mean burp? B-U-R-P. Like, they showed an example of like a toxic comment. How is that toxic? Well, because it doesn't add anything to the discussion, and it's just someone being a jerk and being rude on the, like being nonsensical, like nonsensical comments. So they showed that as an example, but well, let's face that, it. Toxic seems like such a strong word for for that. For burp? Yeah. Well, of course it is. And everyone knows what it means, which is it means you're going to, because they have keywords, you can censor keywords you want out, and you can censor foul language out. You can do all that stuff now. Everyone knows what toxic language means because it's, a, it's a, become a phraseology in the U.S. now. It means language you don't agree with, language you find offensive in thought, not in, actual physical, in the actual words themselves, but what's being expressed in the expression. So now if you, like, say, want to start saying it, like, all this, like, you know, white supremacist stuff. You can give it examples of that, and it will start centering out all the white supremacist comments mm-hmm. based on what it learns from your likes or dislikes. You as the owner of the site. Well, really, you can censor out anything now. So if you own a site, big or small, and you start, you know, we use pro-Trump as an example because that's really what they're after. Uh, you can start saying anything that leans pro-Trump. You start teaching the machine, the discus machine, that that's what you don't like on your comment section, mm-hmm. and it will... Flag and censor out all comments made that are pro-Trump. So you, as the sort of site uh, administrator, pick what you do and don't want. Yeah, and you start teaching the you start teaching your discus the things you don't like, and it will start weeding those out ahead of time. It'll start pulling those, flagging those ahead of time, so they never appear. So if there's an article about, say, um, 
I don't know, some guy who decided he was a woman like the day before and now he's suing his job because they didn't give him a, a tampons or whatever. And you say, uh, well, this is bogus and, uh, you know, this whole thing's a ruse. They might filter that out as being transphobic. Right? Yeah, you could say, like, I don't believe in trannies. Anyhow, this seems like a not a biological disorder or whatever. And they could, tra- they could flag that out before it even appears. Or you could say, like, if it's talking about, let's say more relevant today, like talking about DACA. Anything that appeared to be anti-immigrant would be sent, would be centered out, so you never even see the comment. So you're basically sort of, and, and if you disagree, you're going to stop trying to comment. And you're going to so leave the site. You're basically, yeah, you're going to leave the site. So you're sort of like pandering to the, this confirmation bias of the people that are reading your stuff. And there, so what, basically, what you're saying now, so everyone agreed, everyone kind of agreed, like it's your site. Whether it be a big, again, this could be CNN or it could be your own little, per, it could be MattRawson.net. Not that they're not the same that in size and scope, uh, <laughs> uh, but you know. So what you're saying is the, the guy who write, who controls the editorial. Fine, everyone understands as the owner you control the editorial on your site. But now they're also saying you can also now start shaping the comments on your site, mm-hmm. which you always could do manually. You could go in and like take out shit, but now it's going to do it ahead of t- pre-censor shit for you. So now you could have shit that only like is positive to your point of view on your editorial. Yeah. So you can say, like, anyone says Matt Ralston is, is, is a jerk, that gets censored out. So anything anti-Matt Ralston starts getting censored out. So all of a sudden you got 27 comments, and they're all like, Matt, you're the greatest. <laughs> like, oh, thanks, guys. How, how do those comments show up? Yeah, yeah. It's, it, and it, it could really limit discourse, too. So say you wrote in some article about a trans person, you wrote, uh, um, you know, the word tranny is sort of a misnomer because et cetera. So, so even if you're sort of agreeing and maybe bringing something to the conversation, it's still going to filter out your comment because you're, you know, you're, you're not censoring yourself. Yeah. And by the way, the, 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 don't think this is like just some keyword, like easy program shit. This is some very advanced AI they're using. So it actually starts learning shit. Like I, when I post stuff to uh, paid stuff on Facebook and it has to approve the ad, mm-hmm. it uses a very advanced... I, it's catching shit. You would not. You'd be very surprised what it catches. It's not just foul language or a certain term. It's catching like lewdness in a semi-vague way, like it, <laughs> leaning lewd, like without any. It's not just saying fuck or shit or like you know dick or cock or whatever. It's actually picking up lewd, co- lewd language that's very nuanced. So it's actually right. pretty smart. So if you're talking about like yeah, anti, if you're talking about trans, teaching the transphobic stuff. You can be pretty vague, and it's going to flag that stuff. Out. Can, now, the algorithm now knows if you're being smug. It knows if you're being smug. It also knows if you're generally being anti. If, if you teach it enough, it'll know like what anti, what transphobic is, mm-hmm. and it'll start. Now it's obviously going to catch some things that aren't transphobic. It's going to catch more than you'd expect, but it's definitely going to block out transphobic stuff. You'd have to be so subtle to the point of not making a point to get your comment in there. Then it was not really a comment. So really what you're taking is the counterpoint. You're actually removing the option of counterpoint discussion right. uh, online. And they're actually like touting this as a feature that everyone's going to want. And by the way, everyone is going to want it because we live now in a culture where people don't want to see anti or opposing views. Right. And they just want to – it's like – I always wonder like who listens to Rush Limbaugh. Like years ago, I always wondered. People like – they talk about 10 million people listening to Rush Limbaugh. And it always made me wonder like who's listening to it because it's – just people who agree with him yeah. who want to hear their opinion voice back to them and that to me always seemed like what fucking idiot <laughs> listens for three hours a day to a guy who sounds just like them talking to them well and it's really affecting I, I really think it's affecting like the level of discourse to the point that you know I mean Trump became president but no one it's making people intellectually lazy because I've had the, the circumstance where I brought up a point that's like really logical hard to argue with um, like 
I don't see how you can advocate for equal rights, for example, among men and women. But then when I go to a bar, women are allowed to wear shorts, and I'm not. And that, the bothers response, you, that bothers you so much. I love it. It really does. And the, <laughs> and the response is, what are you, a fucking loser? Yeah. It's right. like, okay, well, that, that was fucking real productive. Thanks. You know, but that's that's just what people do. They, they just want to deflect. And, and it's because, you know, they're, they're coddled into these self-confirming... Uh, you know, oh, for sure. Systems. Well, yeah, you start with your social media accounts, which are all your fr- like-minded friends, and then you have Facebook weeding, feeding you stuff that are articles you'll be sympathetic to. Right. And then you have this ability to block shit. Now, so now you're being, now you're being blocked from seeing the opposing viewpoint. So if you're a blue stater, you're never ever seen. Talk about flyover country. You're never ever seen a comment written by a red stater, basically ever. Right. And I so these people like you know in L.A. here, people live in this cocoon of L.A., Hollywood, whatever else it is. And it's not only a physical cocoon. It's They are seeing 1,000 comments a week or 1,000 articles a week, and 999 of them are confirming their own bias, whether it's right or wrong. They are never... And so when they see, like, someone's, like, from Nebraska writing something that's counter to what they believe, they, like, see it as, like, alien. They see it as, like, yeah. like oh, that's a wacko in the basement with guns and whatever. They have no idea that there's, like... Even if Trump's only got 40% support in the country, that there are 40% of the people in this country who think he's amazing... Because yeah. they only think that's their one lunatic, fr- one lunatic friend who they never want to talk to again. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it serves the concept of dividing people um, because you know, so they'll keep voting red or blue. And and you would have thought with the internet, it's like okay, all this information's out there now; it's transparent. Like you know, stop voting against your best interests or whatever. But no, I mean, it used to be you divide uh, you know the, the poor whites against the the blacks, and now you divide the uh, poor whites uh, amongst each other, and now you're dividing sort of privileged liberals against like working people and you know there has to be this divide or else you know Trump or Hillary would not even be considered uh, an option for president so I don't know if the FCC is involved but I know that it works in the favor of the establishment to have these two blocks fighting each other for sure it does while you know untold shit goes on that's not reported on corporate media well you have no you have either you have no you have no real reporting or you have real reporting and people discount it immediately Right. Because one side or the other discounts it as fake because they control that outlet, that whatever the outlet is on. So it could be a legitimate report from, like, I don't know, the Christian Science Monitor, which actually does good reporting. And and then, but nobody sees it because on the, the other side of the issue because it's banned or not shown on their, in their feed, in their social media feeds. Yeah. So it's gotten to the point uh, where I told you before the show where they're like, the, the celebrities are getting together to raise money to buy Twitter so they can ban for the sole purpose of banning Trump on Twitter. Which is the most anti, one of the most anti-free speech things I've ever heard. Right. They actually, they, I know they hate the guy and legitimately hate the guy and whatever. And a lot of people hate the guy, and that's that's fine. I don't like the guy, but like the fact you'd want to not ever hear from the president about what his like actual private thoughts are, which are much more, more important than his public statements. That like, I want to see his lunacy on Twitter. I want to see his lunacy on Twitter. I want to see the shit yeah. he's saying. That's the real Trump. Why would you not want to? Why would you want to ban that and not see it? He's the president. Yeah, and, and it's the same people that are, you know, so you, you look at Trump and, like, he's a tyrant. He has these sort of dictatorship qualities. They're, they're throwing the press under the bus and trying to control all this information. And so you don't like that about him, right? Yeah. You don't like that people try and silence dissent. So your response to that is to try and do the exact same thing. Yes. That's where we've become in free speech. That's where I, I'm so – so people – I don't think people understand what free speech means anymore. In fact, if you look at the, the polls of, like, college-age kids, like 60% of them think there should be some limitation on it when, it's, when it affects people adversely mm-hmm. or when it's offensive. 
I don't think people, and that scares the shit out of me. I mean, there is free, the, the constitutional granted free speech, which is the government will not censor or abridge speech in any way. And that's not even what we're talking about here. We're talking about Google. We're talking about Twitter. We're talking about people's blogs. We're talking about whatever else it is. These are private companies. They can do whatever they want. But it's just, just people who have no spirit of free speech. who don't even see that as an ideal any longer. Yeah. They see that as, as, a, as a danger, as a danger to, like, I can't win in my argument if other people are allowed to express <laughs> counterpoints. Right. And therefore, I'm going to shut down the counterpoint, and we're going to win our argument that way. On both sides, too. And oh, yeah, for sure it's on both sides. Thank you. Uh, and then we get, that's why we get shitty presidents. That's why we get shitty presidents. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, also, and also why people are so fucking angry because part of that, I mean, I grew up in a very, it was very multicultural, different points of view. The high school I went to was like, it had whatever the fuck it was. People from all backgrounds, all races, all ethnicities. And you learned, even though you didn't agree with a lot of shit, you learned a lot of shit. So, uh, you know, and you became tolerant. You became tolerant of stuff. I don't know if my viewpoints changed that much from people I was around. But I learned that, hey, there's a whole bunch of fucking people who think differently than I do, and they're nice people, and they have, thought, they have thoughts, and I think they're wrong, but, like, they have valid points of view. And now you're, like, you've removed from that. And so now everyone is, who has a different point of view is invalid, immediately yeah. invalid. And not only that, they should not even be allowed to speak. It's not, yeah, everyone's on a blacklist of yeah. some sort. Yeah. And I want to hear from fucking... I want to know what the Christian conservatives are up to. I want to hear their shit. Would you rather them do it behind closed doors? I mean, what's the ultimate goal here? That's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. It's real fucking stupid. Yeah, they're going to see Kirk Cameron movies and and, 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 and (laughs) coming up with strategies. I don't know about it anymore. And by the way, Valerie Plame, Twitter's worth a lot more than a billion dollars. So they're going to laugh at that offer. Now, they've raised 80000 so far, by the way. So no one's legitimately doing it. But I... They don't even they don't even see the irony of that of like we want to ban him so we could have more f- friendly discussions about things online. That doesn't ha- it doesn't work that way. And Valerie Plame, <laughs> the the ironic thing about this of of multiple ironic things is her husband. So she was outed because her husband wrote a dissenting viewpoint of the Bush presidency right. in the war in Iraq. Right. And so I would I would think now she's trying to do the same thing to someone else essentially. It's ridiculous. People have no no understanding of irony, no understanding of free speech, and it bothers me. That's why the show is going to go on for hundred more episodes, right? Right. I don't know where you descend from from uh, lettuce pizza into at the next hundred shows, but whatever it is, I want I want to see I want to see it. You can start eating pizza in yoga poses and stuff. I got I got to run, but I'm going to carry this veggie pizza into the parking lot and please do. see what happens. Uh, okay, MattRalston.net. Uh, I'm late. Sorry, I got to go. Brian, you have something you wish to pimp and promote? Uh, yeah, you know that Starving Artist show I've been uh, hosting? Well, the bar that we use it to do it at is closing its doors permanently oh, no, this Sunday, no. unfortunately. I always cry um, a little bit when a bar closes, because whatever comes in its place is not as good as a bar. Yeah, right. That's really sad. Exactly. But they're having Thanks, Brian. That was a great promo. But they're having some uh, closing festivities Thursday, Friday, and Saturday this week. Once again, that's bar one in... Valley Village on Burbank do, do they Boulevard. Have to, by any chance, do they have to delve into their entire uh, liquor inventory? Uh, they're just beer and wine at that place. So but, yeah, but they have to get rid of it all right before they close? Yeah, I don't imagine they'll be taking it with them. I do. So. I get really sad when bars close, especially like neighborhood bars close. Yeah. Because that's like sort of like one of the tent poles to me of American culture. It's a pillar of society. The neighborhood, know? the local small dive bar, and then when it closes up, whatever comes to this place is going to be going to be like an Adidas shoe store or some shit like that. It's right. going to make me upset. Where all the regulars going to go now. Yeah. I don't I don't get too much of that old hippie like lack of progress thing, but when a, when a dive bar closes, I always get a little upset. It's a drag, man. I want to thank Rocco's in Studio City. 
They're going to be around forever. They have great pizza. And even more, what are they, 20 TVs before? Now they got 40 TVs. So there's a TV for every sport you can think of, including golf, which is not a real sport. <laughs> uh, I want to promote myself uh, on the Blaze Radio on Friday mornings. You can hear me four in the morning. Once you get up, Brian knows when you go to sleep. You know, so. actually, is it on like terrestrial radio too, or only online? Uh, it is online, and, and I think they tape for podcasts as well. I got a flight to Portland this Friday morning. Maybe I can catch you on the radio. In the yes, morning. there you, you go. go. Catch right. me. Be up at be up at four. Yes, I, go, I, go, I don't go till I go till four thirty. Also, my book, Man Rules, on Amazon. Catching Fire on Amazon. Please read that. This is Lex. Last minute. Talk to you next week.